my head. You're like so. me, though. I hate landscaping and yard work. You know why? Because when I'm on my deathbed, looking up at my my beautiful family, my beautiful great grandkids, hopefully at that point, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be thinking, "Boy, it's a good thing I spent all that time weeding." Yeah. No, but after you're gone, you'll be looking down, going, "Man, I really wish I would have gotten it." <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano. Here's Eric Bilstad. You ever have that to-do on your to-do list that just kind of hangs over you? Always. Yes. <laughs> and you just can't get it done. You just keep ignoring it, overlooking it. I, I don't know what my problem is. The one that's on my, well, I have many, but the one on my to-do list that I'm reminded of every morning and every afternoon when I come back and leave my house and all that stuff, it's so easy to do and I just cannot seem to get it done. The damn mulch pile that still sits on my driveway. Are you Wait, you have mulch in here still? It's like been it's still sitting there. It's been, well, no, it's like smaller and smaller. <laughs> Keeps getting smaller and smaller. Yesterday, cranked down. I mean, we've been having to wait to do some beds first. That's why. Um, but I still have this tiny little mulch pile sitting there that my my neighbors and anyone walking by have stared at. It's got the stain on the on the <laughs> concrete. Say it's gonna stain <laughs> your driveway. <laughs> it totally is, and I just cannot get it done. I did it for a little bit yesterday then I was like, you know what? Kind of a nice evening. I'm going to I'm going to sit on the patio. Don't and you have you're kids? Like me. <laughs> well, so yeah, the kids will will push the mulch for me. <laughs> push it. Okay. And, well, yeah, so they'll move it for me and and the boys have done that. But what like really what the issue Debbie is is just some of the other stuff. Like I just don't want to dump it onto an area that hasn't been cleared right yet and we're waiting to plant, you know, here or there. So I don't want to put mulch down and then have to move it. To plant the, you know, the the right. bush or the whatever. Are you going to do it? I well, <laughs> fall is not far away. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. We're cresting like, to ho- summer I, here. I yeah. Keep waiting for someone to say something in the neighborhood. Like, hey, oh, they are. <laughs> yeah, just not. It's to my a, yeah, it's, they're walking it, the, by. The grumbles it's, happen. They're oh, looking yeah. at each other. It's still there, Bob. <laughs> wow. Can you believe it? It's a little bit smaller, <laughs> or is that even just from the rain pushing it off the driveway? While he sits street? on his porch and has another. <laughs> He's just <train>. sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> There's Eric again, sipping on a cocktail. Hmm. Curious. Uh, so yeah, so I got that hanging over my You're head. You're like so. me though. I hate landscaping and yard work. You know why? Because when I'm on my deathbed, looking up at my my beautiful family, my beautiful great grandkids, hopefully at that point, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be thinking, "Boy, it's a good thing I spent all that time weeding." Yeah. No, but after you're gone, you'll be looking down, going, "Man, I really wish I would have gotten it." <laughs> oh, that mulch pile! He'll be looking down. That mulch it's still pile there. Still it's there. still there. <laughs> oh, so am I the only one? Am I the only one that has a little something hanging over them? Oh, no. a, a little to-do list thing that Should you just we? can't get off. Oh, right, Debbie, it sounds oh, like yeah. you got one. Mine is oh, cleaning yeah. the shed. We have a shed in our backyard. I just, I just, I keep piling stuff in there. You can barely walk and get in the door. You got to crawl over everything. That's yeah, we have mine. like a like a pile that needs to be taken to the landfill that I just don't like. I just need to throw it in my car and bring it there. It's nothing. It's just like yard waste, like an empty paint can. And it just has been sitting in our garage for oh, yeah. a year. When with the neighbors. We had to replace that. our furnace. So we had to move everything out away from the furnace area so they could put it in. And all that stuff went into our finished side of the basement. That has got to get taken care of. Period. <laughs> it Oof. is still there. Oh yeah. 514. Like I said earlier, the good news for Brewers fans today is they can't lose. My goodness, Brandon Snyder has sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. 
The summer of love rolled on Wednesday in title time with day two of mandatory minicamp. Matt LaFleur speaking after the team's practice is rather pleased from what he has seen on the field regarding his team this offseason. You know, I thought we've had an outstanding offseason all in all. I think we're, like I said yesterday, we're further ahead than I feel like we've really ever been here in terms of a conditioning standpoint. So I'm happy with the progress that our guys have made. One of those players ahead of where they could have been in the years past on the field is Jordan Love. How about off the field, though? Love, now the starter, was asked following practice on Wednesday how he feels about his leadership going from the backup to the starter. It's gone good. I don't try and do too much about it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to take time to you know grow into that role. Um, but I just try and keep taking it day by day. Um, and like I said, being a voice that, you know, guys come to me, ask questions, and I'm, I'm, I'm still young as well. So, like, I ask, you know, all the vets questions all the time. Um, but I don't try and do too much, really, with that role. Day three of mandatory minicamp is later this afternoon. However, the team will not have practice on their final day. Instead, it will be a mandatory team bonding day. The Milwaukee Brewers have lost six straight games after dropping the 4-2 afternoon matchup against the Minnesota Twins on Wednesday. Christian Yelich, though, he's looking at the positives instead of the negatives. You got to try and find the positives, I think, in in stretches like this. You you know, obviously everyone knows it's been tough. It's been been hard. It's not how we want to play or anything like that. But if you just kind of dwell on the negatives and have, like, the woe is me attitude of, like, oh, everything's going wrong, everything's against us, there's really no way you're going to get out of that. The Brewers will look to bounce back Friday when they begin a six-game homestand starting with the first-place Pittsburgh Pirates. And lastly, from the diamond to the golf course, the U.S. Open will get underway this morning at the Los Angeles Country Club. First tee time is scheduled for 8.45. All right, thank you, sir. 5.17, history made in Madison, not quite, but it was substantial, that story. Next. It has happened. The state legislature passing a bipartisan plan to prevent Milwaukee from going bankrupt and sending more state aid to every community across the state of Wisconsin. It's been a long sought after funding increase agreed by Republican lawmakers and by Governor Evers. State Representatives, uh, let's see, Tony Kurtz speaking on the measure. It's going to help the entire state. It's not just going to help rural communities. It's going to help urban and it's something that I could not be prouder of. Kurt's part of the Joint Finance Committee that was putting this shared revenue deal together. Uh, some people kind of cringing with the votes, say Representative Spritzer. There's a lot of good in that deal. There's also a lot of bad and ugly provisions that Republicans insisted on inserting as a condition of funding local government. I apologize. That's Senator Mark Spritzer there. He says that uh, obviously the, the biggest deal was to not let Milwaukee fail course, uh, city leaders in Milwaukee have been warning of dire consequences, catastrophic budget cuts as the city faces bankruptcy, likely by 2025. Uh, Governor Evers was on with Scafidi yesterday, and he, he stressed the urgency of getting the deal done. Saving uh, the city of Milwaukee and the county of Milwaukee from uh, defaulting on all sorts of uh, financial uh, issues and and clearly uh, Democrats want Milwaukee and Milwaukee County to succeed as much as Republicans do. So much of the legislation's debate centered around Milwaukee and the heavy strings it adds to the city and to the county. 
But not all Milwaukee reps on the Assembly floor voted for the bill. Three of the city's Democratic reps voted green for the shared revenue bill. Uh, but others say, hmm, not sure about that. Um, just because of some of the concerns as to what else is attached to this measure. So the big question now is, will it actually pass at City Hall? Yeah, now the debate really begins. And what's interesting about it is that this is going to, obviously it's going to be voted on by the county and the city, but this this isn't going to, no, this is no longer a, do you want to help fund Milwaukee? Like the argument, as you said, has been a lot of, well, we think it helps Milwaukee too much, or we think it gives too much leeway. Why would we want to do that? Well, now it's here, and so now it's going to be between city leaders or up to city leaders to decide what they want to do with this. No, I don't think it... I personally don't think it's going to go very quickly, but that remains to be seen. But two-thirds majority, that's a lot of weight behind a vote. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know if it would have been better off to go to referendum or not, but uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how it weaves its way through City Hall. There will be some wheeling and dealing taking place uh, from the mayor's office there. We've had at least seven aldermen say they do not necessarily like the deal. Does that mean they're going to vote against it? Who knows? Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of talk uh, before a vote, so we'll see what happens. But the governor still got to vote or sign it into law, which he is expected to do. Uh, another one of the issues that's popping up is now the the budget. <laughs> so we have the shared revenue thing done. Now comes the state budget, and there's talk of uh, cutting a lot of money from UW, like more than $30 million from UW. And Governor Evers has said, like, look, I'm not, I'm not going to sign a state budget plan that cuts that much money from the UW, especially if we have this surplus, you know, there's different money. And I thought Robin Voss, the assembly speaker, had some very interesting comments to make about that. You know, you know what's interesting is I said I wouldn't vote for a bill that didn't have a referendum requirement. And here we sit today uh, without a referendum requirement because part of being in office is the give and take of saying what's in the best interest of the entire state. Sometimes you can believe in something very fervently, but at the end of the day, you weigh the totality of the bill. And you say, on balance, it's much better than it is to have it passed or not. Is there a sequel to the game of chicken? Like, is there is there a way to play chicken multiple times? Because that seems to be what we're doing now. Chickens? <laughs> can, Hens? I don't know. Can you play chickens? <laughs> nothing ever. Nothing. I don't do anything for you without the expectation of you doing something for me. I mean, it's, it's so politics in Wisconsin. The governor is suggesting he will uh, veto the budget plan if it cuts a, a lot of money from the UW. Robin Voss saying, hey, you know... Sometimes you don't get everything you want. Uh, obviously, both sides have proven in the past that they'll say anything and then <laughs> vote a different way. So I guess it really doesn't matter. Maybe we should just turn the volume down on all the lawmakers speak until they actually do something on the floor. Yeah, that's perhaps. probably a good idea. Do you know where the governor <laughs> made his comments from? This is the most Wisconsin line of all time from the Journal Sentinel. Ever said Wednesday during a stop at a cheese plant outside Monroe. <laughs> yeah, <in> Monroe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That cheese plant. Governor, how's the cheddar? <laughs> also, by the way, UW cuts, huh? What's going yeah. on with those? Is that Gouda? Huh? Am I right? Hey, I should mention Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano. Vince is back Monday. He is going to join us on the program, though. Hardest working man on vacation. <laughs> Vince Vetrano joins us at 620 this morning. Also joining us, we're going to hear a voice that you used to hear on this radio station all the time. Ten minutes from now, why would Gene Miller be on the radio? We'll explain in ten minutes. Right now, though, at 542, I this story has just been haunting me.
and obviously I, I, I have closer ties to it, I think, um, because I have a, a kid who's 16 years old, but, uh, this, a family in Michigan now speaking out after losing their teenage son to what's being called the sextortion plot, a scam that's been targeting teens. It's actually been happening for a long time. This isn't a new thing. Uh, basically the scam targets teens and gets them to share explicit photos online. Then they blackmail them and say, Hey, we're going to show this to everybody. We're going to show it to your parents. We're going to show it to your friends. We're going to show it to everybody unless you give us money. And the story out of Michigan is just tragic. And, you know, we talk so much about how social media needs to be regulated or there has to be ways to protect people. In this case, this 17 year old kid all in all, was a great kid, football player, did well in school, actually didn't do a lot of social media stuff, his parents say right away, but then he was on Instagram one time. Police say this boy, his name is Jordan, he was scammed into sending an explicit image of himself to someone that he thought was a girl. It wasn't. It was actually three guys in Nigeria, and they forced him to send them money. He couldn't send them enough. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my own life. And they ultimately said, yeah, you should. And now the kid is gone. In a matter of hours, this kid ended up taking his own life because of this blackmail of these three suspects on the other side of the planet. Three people from Nigeria across the world came into my house that night while I was sleeping and murdered Jordan. That's the dad there who is now calling for people to pay attention to what's happening with your kid and your kids on social media. Uh, three men do face charges in this, which is the good news, if anything, is that they've actually been able to catch these guys. Um, but this is a real thing. <laughs> this is something that's been targeted. This is something that anyone could get their caught up in, even if you don't understand why. Like, I, I know it's hard sometimes to understand why. How do you let yourself get into this position? I'm not 17. I didn't grow up on social media, so I can't process what that is. Yeah, and I th- you don't realize it until you're already too deep into it. I mean, it's right. innocent. It, 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 I think it's ignorant to think that this type of stuff doesn't happen in high schools. I mean, this could, it's a conversation. You're 16, you're 17 years old. You're not thinking clearly. And even if you were thinking, I don't even want to say that, because even if you are thinking clearly, these scammers are so good at yeah, being yeah. able to impersonate right. people and have, it's, you know, it's not just like the fake Facebook profile and they have three friends and stuff like that. No, this is, like they're orchestrated, they're very detailed, they're deep, and I think when you're a younger person, you don't realize what's happening until it's too late, and then there's unfortunately, it, there's just no way out other than, than this. The best line I saw on this was from a doctor, a neurologist. He says, for the first time in history, we're letting strangers interact with our kids in the back of our car, in their bedrooms, in their homes, through video games, and through social media. This has never happened before, and now we allow it to happen virtually 24 hours a day. Well, and how do you monitor that also as a parent? I mean, you, you can't be overseeing over your kid's shoulder, right? A 16, 17-year-old, 24 hours a day. It's impossible. Nor do you want yeah. to, probably, right? I can't imagine. Well, in the, way it, in, in, the way the phone is now incorporated in how children and adults communicate, I mean, that's what makes it even more challenging. We'll dig into this a little bit more later on in the program. Right now, it's 545. Brandon has an update on sports here in a minute. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Packers and Bears are still months away from kicking off the 2023 season, but that did not slow down Bears defensive tackle 
Justin Jones from taking early shots at the Packers faithful. Their fans are really just the way that they're just freaking obnoxious, just yelling and all that other stuff about things that don't even matter. Like we're not even running, we're not even running to play. You guys are talking about oh yeah, go green. Like what are we even talking? The game hasn't even started yet. Like what are we even talking about here? Don't yell at the other teams is the uh, piece of advice I got from Justin. Jo- who J- Justin Jones? That's right. Yeah. Despite the harsh words, though, the Packers continued preparing for those Bears with day two of minicamp wrapping up on Wednesday and now can finally look ahead to the start of training camp. We know what's in front of us when we come back here in July. I think our, our rookies and, um, and injured players and quarterbacks are going to be here on the 21st, I believe, and then we'll start practice on the 25th with our veterans. But, um, you know, it's just we know once we hit that point it's go time to the diamond where the milwaukee brewers have now lost six straight games following the four to two loss wednesday afternoon the brewers have now seen back-to-back sweeps and manager craig council admits following the defeat the schedule does his guys no favors but regardless they got to figure it out soon. Well, I mean, nobody's happy when you're, you know, on your little losing streak. You know, day off comes at a good time and, and get ready for, uh, you know, whatever we got, 20 or so games in 21 days, I think, before the break or something like that. So it's a it's a bit tough stretch, and, you know, we're going to have to play well. Milwaukee will welcome in the first-place Pittsburgh Pirates to begin a six-game homestand on Friday. You know what Council gets to do today? He gets to see his kid play in the state championship game. We had a big Bay win the other game. day. Yeah, seventeen to nothing. Yep. I think it was. So yeah. no state championship. There Who do go. they play? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. me too I put much. you on the spot there, and I, I apologize I, I should for know. that. I should that was know. wrong of me. Uh, lesson learned. And lastly, from the diamond to the golf course, the U.S. Open will get underway this morning at the Los Angeles County Country Club. It is the first tee time is scheduled for eight forty-five. This will be the first major event. Since the merger of Live Golf and the PGA. Gene Miller on your radio in mere moments. It's 549. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket. From the old National Bank talk and text line 855 616 1620. So Vince is off for a couple of days and you bring Gene Miller back? <laughs> well, kind of. So, yeah, so Gene Miller, of course, longtime radio legend here on WTMJ and on 94.5 KTI. He's going to be honored by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association as a local broadcast legend. And I was able to catch up with Gene. So, Gene, by the way, we have, Vince and I have tried to get him on the air multiple times. And he just does not want it. He's always been very humble, like, no, 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 your show, your show. So he, he never wants to come on. But I was able to convince him to give me a couple of minutes of tape yesterday when I caught up with him. And he talked about being honored as a local broadcast legend by the Wisconsin's Broadcasters Association. Very humbled and very flattered, as always. Um, I, I don't think of myself uh, as, as being worthy among that kind of company. Um, when I think of the legends in, in my life, I think of the, the people that preceded me. I know Jonathan Green won this award. Um, and I think of other people in the, in the WBA Hall of Fame that I was lucky enough to work with, like Ed Hinshaw and, and Jim Irwin, Wayne Larrabee, Larry McCarron. You know, th- those are the legends, and, and those are the people that I, that I consider legends. Me, I just consider myself, again, you know, I'm not being falsely humble or honest here. It's just, I, I did my job. I was lucky enough to do it for great companies with incredible coworkers and employees that, that made me look really good and made my job easy. And if people liked it, um, that's fantastic. That's the best compliment I could ever get. 
awards are nice, but uh, continuous employment. I always enjoyed that part of, of my career. Uh, <laughs> no firings. I'm very proud of that. I don't have 3,000 hits, but I don't have any dismissals either. No pink slips. <laughs> Good. Have you had any work stress-related dreams since retirement? I do. At least one a week, usually involving some, some form of um, equipment failure combined with nakedness and uh, imposing <laughs> deadlines. And, and I have to admit, you've been in one or two of them. <laughs> I hope I'm not in the naked ones, but if so, I'm, I'm flattered. <laughs> oh, no. Can't unsee that. All right. Have you shaven? Yes. Didn't grow the beard. I, I did grow and maintain a beard, and I'm keeping it to this day. I play with it. I trim it up. I let it get a little looser. I get it a little tighter, whatever the case may be. But that's that's one of my hobbies is growing and maintaining a beard. And should Vetrano be concerned that the one time you come on is when he's not in the studio? No, oh, no, it's not part of an evil plan or a coup or a junta or anything like that. And I'm, <laughs> you guys are doing great, and uh, keep up the fine work. I hear a lot of good things about you guys. I wish I could say was there at 5 o'clock every morning to, to catch the first pitch, but uh, I, my, my nose would be growing like Pinocchio. That would be a big, fat lie. Well, congratulations, buddy. Couldn't do it without you. It's great to hear you again on the radio, bud. Good to be back, and uh, thank you for all you did for my career and, and just for being a terrific co-worker and friend, and thanks to everybody at the plant that still remembers me. That'll be nice when you mention me in the speech. That'll be nice. <laughs> I can work you in for 20 bucks. <laughs> Gene, thanks, bud. Take care. Gene Miller of WTMJ being honored tonight as a 2023 local broadcast legend by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. One of the best ever, both as a person and as a broadcaster. Great to hear him on the radio again. It is 557 Business Headlines, sponsored by Old National Bank. Get old. Today, it's the Milwaukee Business Journal's Margaret Notchek. Anodyne Coffee Roasting Company has been acquired by Missouri-based Fairwave Specialty Coffee Collective. Financial terms were not disclosed. The Southeastern Wisconsin Professional Baseball Park District approved over $10 million in capital projects related to the scoreboard and video capabilities at the ballpark. American Family Field will have a new scoreboard and control room by the 2024 season. Milwaukee travelers are dreaming of California. Four of Milwaukee Mitchell International Airport's top 10 U.S. destinations in need of a nonstop flight are located in the Golden State. I'm Margaret Nachuk with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.